I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am your host, founder of Productivityist and Productivity Strategist, Mike Vardy. This week on the show, I have Dimitri Leonov. He is the co-founder of SaneBox, which is a very popular tool that people use to manage their email. And it's one of those tools where, like, really like any tool, you're going to want to spend some time getting to know because you don't want to just take a take a tool like SaneBox or, or um, any technology, really, and just plant it on and use either all of it or none of it. And we talk about that during the episode here, along with a whole bunch of things. Uh, and, and I'm really, really happy to share this with you so early in the year, if you're listening to this as it's been released, because this is the time of year where people really want to focus on changing some habits, and email habits can be one of the biggest predictors of your personal productivity. So without further ado, let's get into this discussion I have with Dmitry Leonov, co-founder of SaneBox, here on the Productivityist Podcast. I'd like to welcome Dmitry Leonov of SaneBox. He's the co-founder of SaneBox to the podcast. He is currently on the side of the road. We wanted to make this absolutely clear. He's not driving. Uh, thanks for joining me on the show, Dimitri. <laughs> Great to be here. <laughs> so, um, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about something you're probably a little familiar with, and that's email. And uh, you, you, you know of this email of which I speak, right? <laughs> a little bit, yes. <laughs> so, so a lot of my listeners will be familiar with Sainbox, either in a cursory way or maybe a more in depth. Some of them will have used the uh, used it. I mean, Sainbox has sponsored the show before, but I want to I want to talk a little bit about you know the idea of email being this 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 pull for so many people when it comes to the overarching aspect of their work. It's this thing that pulls them in. And in some cases can really keep them from moving other aspects of their work forward. And I don't want to dive right necessarily into the specifics of how SaneBox can help with that, because we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about that. But how, when you were, you've, come, you've obviously come across this problem, how have you handled the issue, other than tool-based uh, solutions, of the pull of email keeping you away from some of the processing and, and, and the progress that you want to make with work that falls outside of that spectrum. Absolutely. And I just want to kind of clarify that the tools are really um, the, 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 the smallest piece of the puzzle. Right. By far, the most important thing that needs to happen is um, that you need to change the way you think about it. 
That's when you need to adopt a different process, uh, just different way of thinking. And there's you know plenty of tools that can help you do that. But a tool is just a tool, you know, without the right pair of hands, not it's completely useless. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think um, the, the biggest thing that we see, um, you know, in our, in our customers and also just from doing a lot, you know, being in the space for five years, is um, people think about email incorrectly. Um, email has this kind of inherent um, uh, you know, good feeling when you, it's, it's like playing Tetris, right? You, you clear out emails out of your inbox, um, you know, it feels good to do so, and you, you might even get to zero at some point. Uh, but what we don't realize is, well, we don't think about consciously, is that it's just like a game of Tetris. Uh, more emails will keep coming and faster, right? The, the volume of email increases every year. Uh, and so unless uh, you kind of, unless you're conscious about this, uh, you will eventually lose in this game. You, you can never beat email. Um, and I think the, the biggest issue that, that we see is, uh, and especially with the, you know, with the mobile, mobile phones you know, being what they are today, um, email has become our default number one priority. You know, and and I'm, I'm guilty of this just as everyone else. You know, wake up in the morning, you look on your phone, and next thing you know, you know, five minutes passed, you haven't even had your coffee yet, and you already answered email. Um, and then same thing, you get into the office, open up your laptop, um, you know, Outlook or Gmail, whatever you're using, and just kind of start typing away. And next thing you know, it's lunchtime. And right. all you've done is answered a bunch of emails, and you haven't done any of the work that you actually have to do. Um, so I think the, the number one uh Kind of issue we're seeing, and this is probably the hardest thing to to overcome, but also the most impactful, uh, is to stop, is to be conscious of putting email in its place. And really what that means is scheduling time for doing email. Um, so I have an appointment at 11 o'clock every day um, called email time. And so that's the time I have for processing my email. How long do you set aside to check email? Because I think that's the thing too, is people, people will go, it's, it's, it's great to schedule that time. And I think that, that that's, that's one of the things that I, I encourage people to do is, is to say, okay, if you're really, if you feel compelled to, to check the email and know that you're going to be in there, uh, schedule it. But how long do you set aside? Because I think that'll be helpful for some people out there who are struggling with that because they'll schedule it, but then they'll dive in and they can't get out. You know, I, I do half hour, but, but really, I think it's less important you know, how much you, how much time you schedule, half hour, hour, sometimes it might be two hours. Uh, but it, it's, it's important to block that time um, because what that forces you to do is actually prioritize email within the context of your day, right? At the very least, you know how long it took. You can measure it as opposed to just, you know, diving in and spending your whole day in it. So sometimes it can be half hour. It, it really depends on, on how, much, really how much email you have. Right, right. Now, do you go in... So let's 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 talk a little bit about you know like kind of the 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 idea of when the tool comes into play. So I mean, obviously, there's a lot of noise there, and I'm 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 a believer in automation to a point. Again, like you talked mm-hmm. about it, it's, there's some willpower that needs to be involved, some discipline. But a lot of people, what they feel they can do is sure they'll schedule email time. Sure they'll say, okay, I've, I think I got a handle on this, but it's because I've got all these tools and like, these filtrations and this automation in place. Where do you think? you know, that that can go too far because we've seen it where either automation can break or, um, you know, it, a, a service goes 
belly up or changes. I mean, we've seen this. I mean, we've seen um, you know we've ha- we've seen that happen recently with calendar stuff. Is that people dive into something like Sunrise and then all of a sudden Microsoft buys it and absorbs it into the Outlook, and all of a sudden the tool that you've used is gone, and that's what you kind of relied upon to manage all that stuff. So where where um, in terms of automation, where do you find that that kind of begins and ends uh, in terms of your own workflow. Sure. Um, and I, I can speak for my workflow and also for what I, what I see, you know, with our customers. Mm-hmm. Lots of folks. Um, you, you absolutely hit the nail on the head. The, again, automation or tools can only do so much without your kind of awareness. Um, the, the biggest issue that we're seeing um, with our customers, so what, what Samelock does is understands your email habits, what's important to you, what's not important, uh, based on your past interactions, and we move all of the noise out of your inbox into a separate folder where you can review it you know, whenever you have time. Now, what we see a lot of people do is they just don't review it. Right? So they, they essentially treat it as that stuff just does not deserve to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not really the case, right? So uh, the, 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 the key to, to kind of effective, efficient, Email processing is bulk processing. So, you know, deal with your important stuff uh, and bulk process your unimportant stuff. But the, the key is still process, right? So you still have to deal with it. And so uh, just by leaving it in a in your unimportant folder, you know, whether it's Sandbox or Gmail's you know, tabs or the low-priority inbox, um, leaving stuff there does not, it does not really solve the problem. Uh, by kind of, grouping, uh, like context grouping unimportant stuff into one place, it makes it easy for your um, your brain to... A uh, uh, human brain is very good at, at uh, detecting patterns. Mm-hmm. So if you see unimportant, 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 and then boom, an important email comes in, uh, it's it's easy for our brain to pick it out. Right? And so that is, the, that is why grouping unimportant emails in one place is really useful, because it allows you to quickly spot check and, you know, pull out the, the signal out of a sea of noise. But just leaving stuff there and, you know, out of sight, out of mind thing doesn't really work. Uh, you still have to be diligent. You still have to um, you know, process all of your emails. And what's really interesting, what, what we see over and over, is that uh, the, you know, early on, uh, we were lucky. Our, our early customers were pretty much exclusively uh, VCs and entrepreneurs. Uh, and so we see um, you know, some of these people who get thousands of emails, literally 2,000 emails a day, uh, and they routinely, if not daily, get to inbox zero. So th- these people that have way more email that, than us than normal people get um, are able to process it better than we can. And tools play a small role in this, but really, by far, um, the most important thing is just the, the discipline and you know, an diligence to uh, uh, to get through everything. I want to talk about inbox zero for a second because that term I have a love hate relationship with. A lot of productivity strategists do, um, mainly mainly because uh, I think the term has been kind of altered from its uh, or, or the perception of what it is has been altered um, hmm. as it as it's entered kind of the more popular consciousness. So. Can you tell me what you believe Inbox Zero to be, like, in terms of, yeah, like, what your definition of it is? Because, I mean, I don't, I think we probably are closer to, um, you know, 
similar alignment in terms of that. But a lot of people seem to have this idea that inbox zero is my my email inbox is at zero. I've dealt, I, I have replied to all my emails or I have, you know, now that I've got to inbox zero, my day is done kind of thing. So can you kind of elaborate on your thoughts on what inbox zero is? And I, I, I could tell by your chuckle that you, you kind of know where I went, where I went with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's actually it's my pet peeve as well. Uh, I, I think people think that inbox zero is just the, the state of having zero emails in your inbox. Uh, and that's not really true. Inbox zero is a process by which you consistently get to zero emails in your inbox. I think that's, is that kind of what you're getting? Yeah, I, I think, and I think the, yeah, I, I think what a lot of people strive for is sometimes they're <laughs> going for that holy grail of inbox zero in terms of getting their email to zero when sometimes that isn't really what the outcome should be for them. Some people need to, some people will, I mean, it's, it's sometimes okay to not have zero emails in your inbox, but what in my estimation, and and I'd love your thoughts on this, but what isn't okay is to have emails in there that are left kind of as undefined or mysterious. Exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, there, I think there are many ways to, well, not many, there, there are a few ways to, uh, to think about inbox zero and to kind of to adjust the process uh, to your specific, you know, specific needs. Um, I mean, ultimately, I think inbox zero is basically uh, triage. Right? It's another way of saying triage. And um, so triage came from the Napoleonic Wars. And um, this actually the reason that the root is try, right, which means there are three groups of uh, things. Uh, and in our case, it's three groups of, well, originally it came from there are three groups of uh, patients or wounded soldiers that, you know, that were wounded on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are soldiers that are going to die regardless of what you do to them. Uh, soldiers are going to live regardless of what you do. And the, the third bucket of you know, patients that, for, for whom kind of an immediate uh, treatment is going to make a big impact on their life. Um, and so, so basically the idea is that the soldiers are going to die, you know, give them morphine really quickly and just move them out. Uh, soldiers are going to, they're going to live, you know, stitch them up or do whatever and move them out. And then that gives you the most of your time to actually do things that you know, require work. And so when it, when the context of emails, there are three kinds of emails. There are emails that should be deleted or archived in bulk the unimportant stuff. So that's where, you know, that's what we discussed, bulk processing your unimportant emails. That's kind of the, the that, you know, will die regardless of what, what happens. Don't spend your time. Um, the, the other bucket is the quick, quick fix bucket. So there are basically three things you can do. Um, delegate, respond, uh, or snooze, or, or defer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, and so that's basically for response, delegation, or snoozing takes, 30 seconds or less, just do it now. And then so the bulk of the stuff that's left in your inbox should be things that you will do today. Right? And so in, in a, I think in a perfect world, everybody should get to inbox zero at the end of the day because that if you process your emails correctly, the only emails left will be the ones that you um, will do before the end of the day. Um, and But I think that's kind of the... That's what I strive for. That's my ideal case. Right. Um, I, I, what I also see, you know, a lot of people do is they just leave, they leave those, the work bucket, the stuff that needs to, that, that will take some time. They leave it in their inbox. That's fine as well. 
um, the, the, I think the ideal case is actually moving it. So um, one of our customers, um, Bill Liao, is a, um, he's one of those people that gets thousands of emails and routinely gets to inbox zero. Mm-hmm. He actually taught me this, uh, this kind of trick of uh, taking those important emails that require work and starring them in email or you right. can flag them in you know, Outlook. So what that does is it still moves it out of your inbox or, or star and archive. So basically, it moves it out of your inbox and you think of your start folder as that work folder. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they, that way your inbox is, basically every time you go through your inbox, your inbox is clean. Your inbox is at zero by definition because you've deleted an important stuff, snooze, delegated, forwarded, the quick fixes, and then you move the, the actual work into the start folder. So your inbox is at the same state that your physical mailbox, physical you know, mailbox inbox is, uh, which when you take out the envelopes, right? So you, you never read the envelopes and stuff them back into your mailbox. Right? <laughs> no, I use and that. The, I use that metaphor all the time. And people are like, no, that would right. be crazy. I'm like, but you do that all the time in email. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so, so I, Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I think when, when, I, when I think of inbox zero, like I think there, there are a couple of different ways to you know, skin that cat, but it, ultimately it all revolves around the idea that there are those three kinds of emails, and you have to triage them in a certain way. And I mean, ideally, your inbox is a zero, and if not, then the only email left will be the one that you will process soon. I think the zero really boils down to. Um, zero mystery like I, I've had people that have said do you know what I mean like I have people that like yeah. that will leave their the inbox remember the inbox is, is to me is just a trigger word like w- you have a relationship with that word so if the term inbox to you means this is stuff that I need to work on then mm-hmm. that's fine but then make sure that the stuff that's in there is stuff that you need to work on the stuff you don't need to work on shouldn't be there you know, so I think that that what we often what I see a lot of people doing is that they just leave stuff in the inbox because they haven't made a decision about it yet. Yep, yep, absolutely. I want to touch on this whole idea of working within your email app because I don't find that's very effective. So, for example, the idea of starring your emails and then having them as a work folder. The problem I find with that, maybe you can speak to this as well, is that because we have so many emails coming at us all the time, not not all of us have the discipline to say as we're looking at these this work folder or these start emails to ignore the ping of notification as a new email lands in our inbox. Um, mm-hmm. I don't find that's the best place to have your stuff. Do you leave your emails that you need to use, like that you need to work on, like you need to do focused work? Do they stay in there for you or do you move them into some other kind of solution or, or holding bay so that when you're ready to work on them, you have the the level of, of focus or... or attention that they require you know i i do the star trick so i i star and archive them mm-hmm. um so so i basically work out of my start and you're and you're disciplined um, enough you're 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 able to kind of ignore the the bolding of the of the, of the inbox as things come into you uh yeah it, it's um it depends on the <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> do you sort by date or do you sort by person? Because I think that's another thing that a lot of people a lot of people take for granted in email. They're like, "Well, I'm just going to deal with the things that arrived today." And one thing that that I think people don't 
do is, again, they, they look at the tool at face value and say, well, this is how emails come in, first in, first out. But sometimes you can, I mean, I recommend to some people, and maybe you do this, is sort it by the, the sender. So you could say, hey, you know what? My boss sent me three emails. I'll deal with those emails, and the others can sit there. Because then at least I've got this the sense of I've done the important stuff. Do you do that? No, I don't. I, I have, um, I mean, I, I probably get a couple hundred emails a day, but I, as soon as I, when I'm done with my email time, it's usually less than, you know, 20. So sorting is not going to be that helpful for me personally. Uh, but I mean, also that that's one of, I, I use, I should use a Gmail webmail interface. Right. And that's, I, I, I it's a mystery to me why they haven't, allowed sorting it's crazy yeah and you can't sort by oldest to newest either it has to be the newest is at the top that doesn't make any sense to me either right it's i i actually don't understand why they haven't addressed that at all i mean that's the easiest and biggest bang for the buck so i want to talk about segmentation a little bit because i mean we've i mean that's something that same box does and it does very well um, and initially when Samebox started out, it was not, you, there wasn't as many segmentation components, right? It was, you know, you didn't have same late, like you didn't have all of the stuff you have now. Um, do you think there's such a thing as, do you think there's such a thing as too much segmentation in the, because you, because then what I think can happen, at least is my, my, only my opinion here is that you can, again, spend a lot of time in your email inbox rather than, um, spending time outside of it doing some focused work. I mean, again, it, it, that's my own take on it. But let, let talk to me about segmentation in terms of is there is, can there be too much of it? Um, absolutely. I, mean, I think it really depends on on the, the on you. Um, there, I think there are two kinds of people. There are um, segmentors and non-segmentors. Um, so by default, we actually only have. One, we create one folder, and that's the unimportant folder, yep. and we move everything there. And I think for vast majority of people, that's probably the right way to think about it. But there's just there's no need to create multiple layers. Uh, we know some people, some of our customers, the way the way their mind works is they they, they need to sub segment. Um, uh, it seems to work for them. Uh, it would never work for me. So I think it really it really depends on 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 the person. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, I've noticed that there are when when when, and this is again, I think this doesn't just apply to to Sanebox. Applies to a bunch of tools. Is the people they'll get the tool and they go look at all the stuff it can do, and then they do it without really having any intention behind it. They basically say, "This is it's like a Swiss Army knife," and they say, "You know what? Well, this is there's a screwdriver here, there's a knife here, there's a corkscrew. I'm going to use all of it, and then you know." the corkscrew isn't the best corkscrew or the knife isn't the best knife. So, I mean, I find that a lot of people will do that without being, again, without being thoughtful. And I think this all boils back to the initial stuff that we were talking about, like being thoughtful about your approach to the the platform that you're in. And I yes. think, how have you fostered thoughtfulness in email? Because, I mean, I've, I've, I'm looking at an Atlantic article and this is from earlier this year, but it talks about, you know, like the average... <laughs> The average response time for some people is that the seventy percent of work emails were attended to within six seconds of their arrival, which to me <laughs> isn't that insane. Like, like yeah. no, no pun intended, <laughs> but but I mean, <laughs> it's like we treat email as if it's the phone or as if it's a conversation that we're having with the person right next to us. We tend to treat email incorrectly. I've said this before. I really wish text messaging showed up first because then you could 
that make the way we, we way we email is often the way we text message. You know, it's like thanks for the email. Well, no problem. Thanks for doing that. Okay, and you've got these eight emails that have gone back and forth that really just create additional additional threads as opposed to anything else. So, I mean, how do you foster thoughtfulness and mindfulness when it comes to dealing with email? Because six seconds that sets some unrealistic expectations for people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and by the way, I, I love that you use the, those those two words, thoughtfulness and mindfulness. I mean, I, I think that's probably the key to solving a lot of problems for, you know, in our lives and in the world in general, just that the act of being mindful of what's going on alone. Um, and yeah, email is, is definitely one of those things. Um, what, what's really interesting, and I'll, I'll, sorry, it's a slight tangent, but uh, one of the things we see is um, there, there are two kinds of people. There are people that um, are very thoughtful about their workflow, and there are people that are not. And vast majority of people are just not thoughtful at all. Uh, and, and are reactive. Right? And so, it, and this is really, really hard. I mean, it, it's very hard to, um, un- unless there's a desire to be proactive and, and mindful, it's really hard to convince the person that they should do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we've, we kind of have, you know, we've, we've done a few efforts uh, you know, from ebooks to kind of uh, you know, dream, ca- dream campaign, drip campaign, um, and kind of educating on why it's important and how to do it most most easily, um, but it's um, it's still a challenge. Uh, but I mean, it's kind of a self. You know, there's a self selection bias. If you don't want to be mindful, you, you won't be. Uh, and if you will, if you want to be, then you absolutely will be. So I think um, just understanding that maybe highlighting the problem and highlighting the six seconds issue. And frankly, my my favorite stat is that 28 percent of our work time is spent responding to email spent in our inbox yep and that that is insane considering that email wasn't even around really 10 years ago well you know what i mean yeah um, no no it, it's a fairly new it, it's fairly new like if we if 30 years ago we spent 28 percent of our time on our phone we'd be like oh so you're uh you're a call center person or you work in right. <laughs> you work in customer exactly. service right <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah I, I i just i don't understand it, it's not an anyone's job description so to me, that that's that's the astounding part. But I mean, it it really ties in together. The reason we spend so much time is because we respond within six seconds, right? Well, Dimitri, the, I you know, I mean, one of the things that I was really looking forward to talking with you because email is such a huge pain point for so many people. Um, and, and again, I, I'm glad you reinforce the idea that look, it's the approach that's more important than the app initially. Like you know, the tools play play a role, but they it's not the primary driver. And I want to help uh, people uh, find out where you're where you're at, both online and you know where can people find you so that uh, they can not just follow the stuff that you do with Sanebox because if, if you go to sanebox.com, there's lots of stuff there, but also where they can find out and learn more about you and your insights into productivity. So where can people find you? Let's see, um, my Twitter account. Uh, it's at Dimitri D M I T R I. Awesome. Awesome. And of course, head over to samebox.com and you can learn a lot more about it. I mean, they've got the blog there. They've got it. And I mean, samebox, just to be clear, it's, it's, it's free to, it's free to try, right? Isn't it? It's free to, free to put through the paces. And then there are, there is, there is obviously there's the 10 day email Academy and you can, there's a lot there and samebox. I mean, guys like David Sparks, there's a reason that he dedicated a considerable, uh, uh, part of his email book uh, which is a fantastic book on email um, yeah. in his iBooks because and he uses Sanebox quite quite 
quite frequently. I haven't used it as much, but you know, after our conversation, Dimitri, and and seeing how many more emails are coming into my inbox these days, <laughs> I may just have to jump back on the train. So, uh, thanks so much yeah. for joining me this week on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'd like to thank Dimitri for joining me this week on the podcast. Of course, go to SaneBox.com to learn more about SaneBox. And you know what? Let me know. Send send uh, any kind of messages off to podcast at productivityist.com and let me know your thoughts on SaneBox or maybe what other tools you might be using to help manage your email in a better way in 2016 and going forward. Now, you didn't get the entire episode. Uh, you know, the public podcast uh, is missing some elements of the interview. Now, my podcast producer, John Polster, does a great job of, of making it sound like you got everything. And you did get a lot of great value out of it. But if you want to get more value, you can become a Patreon supporter. Head over to patreon.com slash productivityist. There are tiers that start at the $1 mark and go all the way up to the, the $100 mark. Uh, you can support at any level. It helps make the show better. And you get some cool perks along the way. So check that out over at patreon.com slash productivityist. That's it for this week. I will be back next week with a brand spanking new episode of the podcast. Until then, I am Mike Vardy, your podcast host and productivity strategist, as well as founder of Productivityist, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. Start going.